Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening is Adam White. From the beast to the east to the hottest day of the year in three weeks. Sometimes you can't predict the future and things can turn around very quickly, but we'll try our best to predict the future tonight. But before all of that, here are your latest headlines. Paris Saint-Germain booked their place in the Coupe de France final, but not without a few road bumps in the way to the Pot de, well, the, uh, Pot Stade de France. Um, Kylian Mbappé gave them the lead, but Ismail Diomande gave Tacon, um go in at half-time level. And it took a double in the last 10 minutes with Diomande seeing red in between to get the newly crowned Liga and champions over the line and into the final. They will face Le Herbier next month, who knocked out fellow national side Chambly 2-0 in the other semi-final. Will PSG increase their record by notching their 12th title in the competition, or will little Les Herbier be the first third-tier side to ever win the Coupe de France? We shall see. Um, all of that. Oh, that's everything for now. But all for all your latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this evening with those Coupe de France games and. Both were interesting semi-finals, but we'll start with the Ligue 1 clash first between Caen and Paris Saint-Germain. And Adam, it, obviously, the, the last competitive Ligue 1 game ended for them last weekend mm-hmm. as they sealed the title against Monaco. But with this still being an important game for long spells of it, Caen gave as much as they were given, really. Yeah, definitely. It was um, it was a good game. I, I think you're absolutely right that Caen were definitely more involved... Um, had more effect on the game than perhaps I thought they would after that Monaco game at the weekend. Um, which, to be honest, in, in that Monaco example, I guess, you know, Monaco are pretty off form to the point where the, 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 the club has said they've reimbursed fans for the trip. They were so bad. So, I mean, that, that's maybe a bit of an exception, but Con were definitely very much in this game. I think there are a couple of caveats to that. First of all, De Silva was brilliant defensively. Um, he was everywhere for the first hour, 70 minutes or so. And they got a bit lucky with that first. Uh, VAR decision when Di Maria, I think, was was given offside, um, which De Silva actually made the mistake for. Um, but I think that yeah, I think they, they, I think Garon said it was you know one of the most important games he'd ever sort of presided over as as, uh, as manager, and they played like it. And you know, the pitch was a bit heavy after the the game at the weekend with Toulouse was called off because of the the adverse weather conditions. Um, surprisingly, left Julian Ferry out, which is a bit of a surprise. Perhaps now he's thirty five. You know. With Diamondi, who played quite well, and I even look at Saint Toff, you know, scored the goal and did all right. Steph Peters as well, and there maybe just wanted to sort of a, a younger, fitter midfield to sort of try and keep up with PSG. Um, Ivan Santini did a little bit disappointed, went off at half time, perhaps injured. Um, and I think that's kind of where they fell down overall. I mean, the goal was pretty fortunate from Diamondi's point of view, deflected in, um, but they, they kind of lacked a threat. And, and Santini, I think, is, is one of the sort of the dark spots on on con season i think like previously he was very very important to them you know he would anything in the air you you know he'd head it into the goal um last season in particular but this year he's been a little bit you know isolated a little bit out of form and has really suffered from this poor run they've been on but credit to them you know they really were in the game and and for long stretches you felt like i i felt for lots of long periods of the second half it was going stretch of time so um perhaps 3-1 flatters PSG a little bit. Perhaps they did deserve to take extra time, but a, a good performance from Con, and they can, you know, take heart for that going into the the final few games of the season because they're not they're not entirely safe yet. 
yeah, it was it was an interesting game, really. I know Paris Saint-Germain obviously had their chances, and the and the goal that was overturned for from VAR really helped keep a corner in the game for a long period. But they they it just felt like at any moment, especially with Kevin trapping goal, I'm afraid that that Con were were taking pot shots from areas because they know he was liable. I mean, the Diamonde goal. Is it's a bit of a question mark on the German, isn't it? I mean, it does take that heavy deflection off of Rabio, but it also is still got 20 yards to travel before it reaches the German, and he does get a hand to it and a comfortable hand, and it still goes in the goal. So they were really just trying to test him from every single angle they could find, at least anyway, to try and see if they could sneak past. But credit to them for really going for this one because they are obviously still, and we'll, we'll mention it later there they aren't absolutely safe and they're slowly getting dragged further and further back into it but um Diamande's red card was a bit disappointing like you say De Silva was good but did make that mistake that luckily was really chalked off but um, PSG weren't quite at their free-flowing best I thought Di Maria was good again as well but he's been really good this season since Neymar's injury really but um they've not been quite hit fifth gear but at the same time at they didn't really have to, unfortunately. Con couldn't quite uh, match their prowess. But the other game was really interesting, obviously, because it was a third-tier side versus third-tier side as Les Herbiers hosted um, Chambly in this Coupe de France semi-final that one of them gets the sort of lottery ticket of facing Paris Saint-Germain. And it ended up being the home side Les Herbiers who, who scored two goals and again were assisted by VAR in this one. Their second goal was originally given an offside, but correctly overturned. Um, but they were really under pressure by Chambly in the second half. They were they were 1-0 up early on and a, and a good goal and they'd, they'd earned that that strike and then Chambly hit the post had a couple of chances there was a free kick that looked like it for for the world from the tv cameras it had flown into the top corner but it it just gone into the side netting they were pressing it was it was all action and then the second goal really killed the tie off but more to that Adam really it's it's a it's a great story and great to hear them get to the final it's going to be a monumental task really for them to take on Paris Saint-Germain and possibly beat them but you these are the things that many of these players would have really dreamed of and thought would never, ever happen. And that's the most important thing in this kind of scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it says a lot about French football, I think, as well. The fact that there are two national sides in the last four, it says a lot about... I think that, that I suppose there is a caveat to that in that the French have a slightly different um, sort of perception of, of, well, at least as far as I understand of the sort of the magic of the cup that we would call, you know, what we would see as a cup upset and some, you know, lower ranked teams doing really well. And we say, aren't the lower league strong? I think in France, perhaps they say, aren't our, aren't our top division size not very good? Um, which is, which is a bit of a shame because I think, I think that, that there is some real strength in depth in the lower regions of French football. And, and the Coup de France is a huge, a huge sort of advert for that. Even I know that there's obvious and Chambly, got to the semis but you look uh you look further back in the tournament and a number of sides from third and fourth divisions which are you know sort of grouped out after the national so the fourth division down you know it's it isn't like in england with was fifth or five or six sort of national national leagues and um, so you, there's a quite a big range there and, and a lot of those sides whether they're doesn't they have to be top of those leagues or anything they, they often push on and perhaps um sc still from the eighth tier playing playing trois in in earlier on in um around sort of january time um, was was perhaps the biggest example that even down right down there, which I think I worked out there were sort of two hundred teams between them. It's it's mental how 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 big the gap is. It's it's, it's crazy. Um, so I think it's a huge effort French football and 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 shows that there is quality um, right down in the lower reaches. And that's obvious. I know that it's it's a bit of a long shot. You're right. A lottery ticket is uh, is 
is the right word for it. But they're in the final. They've got absolutely nothing to lose. They've been brilliant to get this far. And PSG, although they've won the last three Coupe de France's, they only beat Auxerre, I think it was, 1-0 a few years ago, only beat Angers 1-0. You know, lower, you know, size that would have been obviously not as big of an upset, but they would have been upsets and quite still quite substantial ones. So I think that if they can get to half-time still in touch, you know, maybe only 1-0 down or maybe 0-0, you know, if they can keep it in, in range, you never know. And uh, it's it's going to be great fun to watch. I just hope that if PSG can beat Monaco 9-0, effectively the second best team in the league, imagine what they could do on their day to a third division team. And I hope it doesn't get to that point, but it'd be great to see and hopefully they can hold their own. Yeah, because it's just, it's just thinking that even if they manage to grab a goal in that game, the the stories they'll write is it's almost that that underdog story, and it is great to see national sides doing so well with the the rumours that um, the French Football Federation are looking at doing a sort of a league trois um, in the near future, even maybe in twenty twenty when the the new TV rights deal would do. That would be great for these clubs that do do so well um in the uh, in the coupe de france i know some, some across the some across the pond might see it more as their their tops division being weak but we everyone in england always loves a, a good underdog story and this is a one of the best ones that you'll see across europe this season at least for a for a cup competition but on to league matters this weekend because there's a lot to go through and a lot of games that matter both towards the top of the end of the table and towards the bottom certainly and we'll start with the fight for sort of fifth, sixth place, those two Europa League spots should PSG obviously win the Coupe de France. Otherwise it would be Les Herbiers in European competition, which were, wouldn't be too bad to see at least anyway. But we'll focus on a Breton derby really on Friday night, which is what you like, but also two teams that are still battling out for those positions, even though not have been on a terrible run and Ren have, have slowly crept up into that fifth place position. But um, an excellent, interesting game. And we'll start with Nantes really, Adam. And they've, been on a pretty awful run really to be to be fair in 2018 it's it's not produced many wins at all it's produced one in the coupe de france they beat gangon back in january they beat uh, toi back in march no victories elsewhere that's around well it's it's 13 rounds with two victories and a lot mm. a couple of draws in there there's the one it's dijon at the weekend there was they, they drew to metz as well in that run that they, they did draw to marseille which is a more credible one but they've been on a real slide that's probably going under the radar given that their first half of the season I'd admit is this season it, it, with the games coming up as well against Leon after this and Montpellier it, it's petering out isn't it it does feel that way and it's such a shame because they were fantastic in the first half of the year like against like I thought against sort of all odds given that Ranieri didn't get the targets transfer wise that he really wanted um, and they, they sort of looked at a lot of players and it, it was a bit of a disparate group that sort of came in in the end and Ranieri's, excuse me, Ranieri's had a very sort of up and down um, managerial career, obviously brilliant at Leicester, but the, the Greece situation beforehand is a huge sort of, you know, you have a caveat to that as well. So I really felt like it was going to go poorly uh, after that loss to Leon on the opening day, but they were brilliant up until Christmas. And I I think they've been lucky in in so much that the, the top of the table behind the top four is very, 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 very tight. And they stayed fifth for most of that run despite not really picking up too many points, because it's kind of like nobody else really wanted to take fifth off them. And even now they're in ninth, they've dropped to ninth, but there's only, they're only two points off fifth. So a win here, so results go the way, which is obviously a bit unlikely given the amount of teams involved, but it could be fifth again. So hopefully this, this sort of poor run after Christmas will be a rather long, but 
uh, a recoverable blip from Ranieri's team because it'd be great to see Nantes back in Europe, you know, talking about building a new stadium. They're one of the sort of uh, grander, older clubs of French football, you know, begin the 70s and 80s. And it'd be great to see them return to European competition because Ranieri's done a brilliant job. And um, they, you know, on their first half of the season performance, they deserve it. So hopefully they can recover in the final five games and they can make a challenge for one of those fifth or sixth you know, as you've said, six should be a Europa League place um, because it'd be great to see them there. But mm-hmm. it's just whether they can avert this slide and they can they can rediscover the form and the sort of the, the, the strength. And it's 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 almost like they've lost the intensity that Ranieri provided at the beginning of the year. And it's not necessarily the quality because it feels like they're still, you know, they're still in games, but it's just sort of the gumption that got them over the line early in the year. You know, a lot of very narrow wins, beat Troyes 1-0, beat Montpellier 1-0, beat Caen 1-0, beat Metz 1-0. And they've kind of just lost the edge in, in the last few months, which is really disappointing. And I think five games left, they're not easy games. You, you mentioned, you know, Rennes, huge Breton derby. It's a massive game for the Europa League because um, it'd be great to, you know, Rennes will be really, you know, uh, prioritising taking fifth and they're in a team in form as well. Lyon's a difficult game. Montpellier, very difficult to, to break down coming to the Stade Bourgeois, um, Bourgeois uh, in, in, in May. They'll be difficult. Angers away, perhaps nothing to play for. Strasbourg in the last day of the season. Maybe those last two might help them out. But those three games to come could be enough to, you know, to end their challenge. And I hope that's not the case because they won these narrow games early in the season and they've just fallen the wrong side of of being able to sort of conjure that 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 goal or um, Emiliano Sanna's form's dropped off and it's it's just sort of fallen away from them, which is a real shame, but there's still time. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing really, looking as well through their 2018, the two clean sheets they've kept in those 13 games are both in the victories really. So they're, they're, the strength at the first half of the season was their defence and keeping other teams out and nicking games 1-0. That's not happening anymore. They are conceding and because of that, they're not strong enough offensively really to to miss and, well, to sort of deviate against that. And they face a Ren side that are again, have a question mark above them. We mentioned a few weeks ago that um, unbeaten in eight games before the weekend, at least anyway, a couple of good wins in there, a couple of interesting draws that, that, that were maybe a little bit unlucky, such as Saint-Etienne were on a roll. They probably should have beaten Monaco a couple of weeks ago. They probably should have also beaten Nice a few weeks before that. Um, then they have this anomaly that seems to always crop up for Ren every single season where they face a, a weak team and in, in Mets and we'll come on to them in a little bit as well, in fact. Um, and, they, and they end up losing. Um, it's, it's almost like the classic Ren story of really... Um, building your hopes up. I feel sorry for Rich more than anyone. They, they, they <laughs> seem to build everyone's hopes up just to wait to knock them down. But um, an opportunity for them to get back on the horse here and do some punishment to someone in and around the places, especially again with their fixtures left to lose Strasbourg. Yes, Paris Saint-Germain, but they're probably on their holidays already unless they're preparing mm. for, well, uh, preparing in, in quotation marks for the final at least. And, and Montpellier on the final day of the season. There's a great chance there that if they can pick up the pick up the baton again and, and in a fiery baton derby you'd expect them to do that and win against no it's it's a great chance for them to really push their marker for fifth and a Europe league spot yeah absolutely I mean uh this, winning this game would be huge for Ren, given that non such such massive rivals of theirs five points the gap would be they'd go a long way to damaging and even ending Nantes' hopes um and I think that although although yes last week was a bit of an aberration um, you know, Nolan Rue getting to 14 goals in the league season is, is an aberration in itself. 
But uh, it was a game that Wren shouldn't have lost, and and they hadn't lost in their previous eight either, winning five of those. So there were, you know, not many goals in their games, but they were they were finding a way to win, and and they, they were the informed team. So I'm I'm sort of hoping from their point of view that this defeat to Mets last week is is a little bit of a of a blip and and something they can overcome. Um, because like I said, first half they're completely dominant. They could have been, you know, two, maybe three in the first half. And then, you know, they give away a silly goal. And then the second goal, they give the ball away in midfield and there's a counter-attack. And then Mets defend for their lives for the remaining sort of 35 minutes. And and Ren, uh, one of their main problems, as I said, there isn't too many goals in their game. They defend okay normally. That didn't work last week, but they don't score too many either. And although Wabi Kadri has been fantastic up front, he's not a finisher, so to speak. And, you know, Diafra Sacco is perhaps not, not done as well as they would have hoped. He's dropped out of the team in the last couple of weeks. And it's often the case for, for, for league and size, but their problem is goals. And hopefully, from their point of view, that, that they can get Sacco back in the team. You know, that, I know Kazri's their top scorer, but hopefully he can keep contributing as well. Um, and getting Johan Gorkov playing as well would be a huge plus for them. He's, I'm not sure he's, you know, he's, he's so injured. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's just such a shame to see him unable to play as much as he would have liked. Um, but there, there are, you know, there are weapons there. So hopefully that they can rediscover their the, the goal scoring form that they do, you know, theoretically possess. And I think that's going to be the main factor for them between now and the end of the year. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be a really fiery one. So let's get a prediction on this one. Adam, what do you think the score will be? I'm going to go two each. It was a, it was a very good game in the first uh, the first encounter, and um, yeah, two all. Yeah, I think I'm going for two one Ren. Um, I think. I think Nott's ship has probably sailed, even though they're still within mm. a points difference. I think it maybe has just fallen away at the wrong time for them with other teams like Saint-Étienne and Nice and, and Montpellier now above them um, with good goal difference as well on them as well. A couple of goals each way for them. I just can't see Nott uh, clawing it back. And this might be a, a pretty bitter pill to swallow for them. Uh, it's a Ren side that if they, they, <laughs> they win at their ground, it's not going to be a, the most popular of uh, choices. But on to the team that beat Ren last week in Mets who have a game against Colm this weekend, which is a crazy one, really. We were mentioning on Monday that we keep putting the nail in the coffin for Mets and they keep pushing it back out again um, just to teeter open the door of possible safety, really, Adam. It's crazy to think that they're still within a shot, but they have games ahead that don't look too difficult and this is one of them certainly with a cold side that are slipping that have had a midweek game as well that was tough on them having to obviously push themselves against the best team in the league um but at the same time with the goals that they're getting from nolan rue with the the hope that they know that it's do or die for them they they have nothing to lose in a sense because everyone already thinks they're relegated is this the the start of the great escape um, yeah, I think it is. I have a funny feeling about Mets going into this sort of final five games. Um, you're right. We've talked about it so many times on the podcast and, and said that we, you know, they were done. We've, we've written them off a number of times and they've kind of clung, clung on and, and hung in there. And the win last week was huge. Um, you know, after the 5-0 the defeat to Leon, you thought that has to be it now. All right, they're, 
they were sort of what eight points adrift um with with five games to play six games to play but this the manner of that defeat the you know the pie absolutely tore them apart at home you know i know that leon are one of the better teams in the league and they wouldn't have necessarily been expecting to take anything from that game but the manner of the defeat would have really damaged their confidence and to come to come back to go to ren also a side in form hadn't lost in their previous state as we mentioned to go there and win and come from behind as well shows huge huge amounts of character and shows that they've you know they've got some quality in their team as well it is odd that i'm including nolan rue in that quality given given his record this being the first the first season he's broken double figures um but 14 league goals you know i think that's more than mbappe i think he's got 13 so um at least last weekend that was the case so it's, it's it's a huge it's a huge opportunity for them because the gap's down to four points and as you said their final games are home to con who had a midweek game with psg an intense one like that they'll be tired Lille away from home Lille without um you know behind closed doors that game we played after the Lille's Lille's ban Angers at home probably safe mid-table probably don't don't care too much about that game they'll be on the beach could win there away at Amion, similar situation a beatable side and a home to Bordeaux, who are on the last of the season, who again will be on the beach. They're in sort of Europa League contention, but on the outskirts of it. Those are five winnable games. And with four points, you know, the momentum gathered last week, they really could um, pull off the great escape. And I, I think that this is down to, to 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 a sort of a subset of their team. I mean, you look at their team and it, it looks like a league de side, apart from maybe four players who've really sort of held held them together. No, no, obviously, as I mentioned, Matthew DeSevi has been brilliant. He was great at Standard the Age. I know that um, our, our Belgian analyst of Football Radar was a big fan of big, big fan of his, and he's been brilliant consistently, even though they haven't been getting the results. Rena Kerr has been an absolute warrior for them in midfield, consistently brilliant, captains are fantastically. And Moussa Kite in defence has had a great season, very, very quietly, only 22, signed him in the summer. But he's with Bisevac out, introduced to a very experienced player. Esso Kotu out injured for a long time, also very experienced. He's really led that defence and assumed responsibility there. And he's been absolutely fantastic for them. So if, if those four players can maintain their form, um, Rue can keep scoring goals, Giuseppe can keep setting up, and Coad can keep dominating midfields as much as he can for a side of bottom of the league, then, yeah, I think they're going to do it. I have a funny feeling that they're just, just going to get enough points. The, the sides above them, in a similar way to Nantes, have, have helped them out in that they haven't wanted to escape from them, to lose, to, to, to lose and, and Leo have, have been arguably just as bad. And they're in with a shout, and they'll they'll be more confident than those three sides, given given their form. So yeah, I think they're going to do it. Mm, yeah, it's starting to feel like the music's starting to rise. The moment is just starting to to appeal to them, and they're they're really clawing it back, given that the uh, the faults of those above them and against the common side as well. We mentioned the the games that are coming up ahead, but obviously you need to start building momentum, and this is one of the sides you really want to do it against really they've they've lost their last five games in all competitions yes one was postponed from from last week obviously the issue with the, the waterlogged pitch against Toulouse that that's the kind of gives them an out still at least if they can't get a result here but they still have a relatively this is just as an important game for them really because they've been on this terrible run that slowly brought them back into things with with teams like Amiens um, climbing above them really and, and they've sort of slipped along with Strasbourg into possibly being in a in a fight for themselves but they they have this game against Mets and if they don't win because the Mets are maybe just sniffing a chance of, of some kind of survival then they've got Trois which seems much more winnable at the moment which sounds a little bit strange but at the same time if they don't win that game Adam 
Monaco, Nice, Paris Saint-Germain to end the season. It's, yeah. That's hellacious in the, in the, in the <laughs> sites. Even though Paris Saint-Germain and Monaco might not have nothing to play for at the same time, they're not teams that are just going to allow someone to, like Conte just walk over them essentially. But at the same time, that's that's a real gauntlet to run if they are, say, say Toulouse win at the weekend, say Mets beat them at the weekend, say maybe there's a point at Fatoire or, or Lille, some, some of the results behind them start lifting up. They're going to be in real trouble. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think they'll be looking over their shoulders. Lost, as you said, terrible form. As you mentioned last week, beaten three by Amiens, Montpellier and and Angers in the last three league games. Um, maybe this cup fight, quick semi-final was distracting him a little bit, but if I was Patrice Garand, I'd be I'd be pretty worried about the form of his team, the lack of goals in his team, the form of Santini, as you mentioned earlier. Ronnie Rodlan can't do it all by himself. Yeah, I, I, I fear for them. But I think there is also, again, this, this situation that there's sort of a sort of parallels with Nantes and Mets in that Connor stopped in their little race, you know, in the, in the league and race to the end of the year. And they, But the problem is that everyone behind them has stopped as well. And they've sort of said, do you want to catch us up? And they've been like, uh, maybe not. And 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 Trois-Lille Toulouse have been bad enough to, to leave that six-point gap. And it's kind of stayed at sort of around five, six points for a number of weeks now. And we're getting the, those teams behind them are running out of games. And I think that might just, you know, they might have timed their sort of poor run at the right time that it won't drag them into the bottom three, but it's going to be close. Yeah. I think that's going to be a case for a few teams really, that they may be a little bit lucky that teams below them um, have continued to be awful, but let's get a prediction on this one. And I'm probably thinking you're thinking on the same lines, Adam. I, I really fancy Mets for this one. I, I think it'll be a two nil win for them. And maybe the momentum giver, especially with Twilight Santetienne and, and, come on to a and Lille at Marseille especially though those are really difficult games away from home for both of those teams that's a chance for Mets to really make this super interesting and mm. what do you think Adam? Yeah 2-1 I think Mets are going to take it. Ah, it's going to be a really interesting mm. one especially with a couple of well the team that's just above that sort of dotted line although it's obviously the relegation playoff that Lille are currently occupying is Toulouse who take on Angers who are you would arguably say probably roughly safe at 37 points, but another point or two will definitely make certain. But to lose having a week off doesn't really help, but may really help at the same time. It's a bit of an interesting one, really, Adam. They're obviously, they were washed out in that game. It's con, so they didn't play last weekend. So they have that game in their back pocket, at least. But at the same time, they need to start picking up wins because these teams are still very close to them and have winnable games against each other, at least, coming up that might drag them in if they don't start picking up results. But an interesting one against the knowledge side that have been decent, but at the same time, maybe thinking they're just about safe. Do you think this is a chance for Toulouse to pick up a three points and that would be uh, well, really momentous in pulling possibly other teams back in and also pulling them away from those below them? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um... You know, Angers have been good form recently. If you ignore the PSG defeat, then you know they've they've got some really good, useful points. Beat Con, draws with Strasbourg, Nice, and Bordeaux, and I think they'll be feeling pretty much safe, especially after that draw with Nice last last week. You know, the games are ticking away, an extra point. It kind of feels like all right, they're only on thirty seven points, but they'll be thinking that they're safe. And and for Toulouse, I. I that is it's kind of a similar kind of similar story with them they they're sort of in games and they've got good players you know they've got the quality in max gradle and 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 Andy Delors when when he when he can get enough chances to, to to score goals i don't again i don't see him missing too many chances he's just not really getting the service um but 
it just feels like much like not they're sort of falling the wrong side of getting that you know the crucial moment is going against them and it's almost like it's just unfortunate at the moment um but the problem is that it's gone on too long and you look back at their pre previous games and the only real standout result is that 3-3 of Monaco, which they're very lucky to get back into. And, you know, 0-0 with Amy, with Amy on away, draw with Mets, lost at, lost at home to Marseille, no disgrace there. But those are, there are winnable games in there and they just they just haven't been able to produce the points. And the, the crucial moment to, to finish off a move or to take a chance in, in very, very tight games. Fortunately for them, they've got some winnable games coming up. But... As we talked about a number of times, it's, it's if they survive, and I, I think they will just about maybe via the relegation playoff, if Lille can get their act together, it's what happens to them next year because they could they could have a Oles Avion esque season if they're if they're not careful with you know the amount of loan players they've got, players who are likely to leave like Lafont, Diop, um, Delore out completely out of form. Um, and if they survive this year, then they're in for a huge summer in terms of recruitment, in terms of whether they can get some of these players back on loan, what manager they bring in, because I don't think the Bev will stay beyond this year, um, and and whether they can perhaps promote some more youth players as they did before successfully under Depraz. Um, But I, I just can't see that, I can't see where Toulouse survive, whether it's this year or next year. Um, I think they're they're in trouble. I think this year they might be okay, but long to, longer term, it looks, looks pretty worrying for them. Yeah, absolutely. And against the Nongé side that have got 12 points from their last seven games, that has pretty much seen them safe. They've got some interesting games, but it's, it's starting to look difficult to see them really being pulled back. The same with, with Amiens, who we'll, we'll talk about in a moment. They, they just seem like they're just outside. So, and credit to them, like we've mentioned a few times, obviously the goals of Carl Toko Ikambe have helped an enormous amount, but um, the team just pulling in one direction and and having that heart again under Mulan. I mean, even at the weekend against Nice, it looked like looked like they'd lost that game as well, thanks to that Alisson player goal. But Angelo Fulgini pulls one out of the bag and they almost uh, nick it right near the end as well. It just gives them that little bit extra really at the moment. That That's what's capitalised their last sort of two months or so. It's just they won't give in. Stra again, it's the, in the uh, Strasbourg game, they obviously went ahead early but were pegged back, but they they were decent in that one. And the, the victory against Colm, which was absolutely enormous, um, that's made the, the big difference, really. And that looks like it, again, and they'll be hoping in this kind of game very quickly that um, that they can nick three points, really. And that three points will all but, really, although it's not quite mathematically, um, pretty much guarantee safety. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And... They'll, they, you know, Stefan Moulin is is a is a wily operator, and he won't have let the he won't let them sort of rest on their laurels anytime soon. So, um, I think that's probably where they they differ from Toulouse in that Moulin is a, you know they gave him a new contract recently, and it seems to have engendered some confidence in the team because I think he has he has the squad support absolutely. So for them next season they'll probably lose Toko Akambi, you know, who's been linked with I saw with Villarreal this week, and Brighton will come back in for him, I'd imagine. And they'll be in a similar position, but they've got a solid base and and one that they've built on uh, sort of since they got promoted, really. And they've managed to sort of make the most of, if you like. So next season, again, I think that they'll be looking ahead to that a little bit more than to lose. But you, you back them to be fine this year pretty soon as well to get to the 40 point mark. And, and with Mulan in charge, I think, you know, that the league and days are hopefully uh, pretty, pretty, pretty long. Yeah, absolutely. And credit to him in what they've done this season. But that 
a win there would give them 40 points and that will be 11 above the dotted line of the at least well, full relegation and that pretty much will see them safe. It would take a monumental collapse and a monumental rescue from someone um, to pull them back into the mire. Um, Adam, what do you think the score will be in this one? Um, I'm going to go one each. Yeah, that sounds about right, especially for Angers at the moment, which kind of doesn't really do Toulouse in many favours, but it definitely maybe just pushes Angers over that dotted line to to safety. And another team aiming for that um, elusive win that will pretty much guarantee safety is Amiens. Um, against Strasbourg, the sort of League 2 match, league two match from uh, last season, really. But for, for Amiens, Adam, this one, a victory will get them on 40 points as well and 11 above the dotted line should all the results go their way and that would be a massive weight of the shoulders and a massive achievement I, th- I think the question really isn't just the form that they've been on recently which has been pretty terrific that's uh, pulled them away from the drop zone but is the question now for them how given their resources and what we expected from them at the start of the season where everyone was almost certain that they would go down is Christophe Pellissier manager of the year sorry um yeah I think he has to be. Um, he's a very good coach. Um, has success stories. You know, he's with with Lerzenac, uh, was was one that sort of stands out where he got them up to the league. They're a very small club and financial issues kind of conspired against them to get relegated. And he's taken Amion from what was a national team two two years ago. Because you mentioned this was a league Durs game last year. It was also, it was a national game two years ago. These were the top two in national and then league Dur for the last two years. And sort of Amion sort of followed uh, Strasbourg uh, Strasbourg up and. Yeah, given the resources that he's got, the, the smallest budget in the league, a number of these players that that uh, have been sort of very prominent this year are effectively national players. You know, Amiens, a, a team that have been down in that sort of area of, of friendship for a number of years, and players like sort of Julian Ilelsh, who's had he's, who's he had had his moments this season. Um, you look at the defence in particular, uh, 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 Adonan and and Debassi and and El Hajam and players like that who've formed a you know I think it's. Going to last weekend, it was the, th- the third best defence in, in the league, or joint third with Monaco, which is an unbelievable statistic when you think about it in terms of goals conceded, um, given that most of it, apart, apart from Prince Guan, who's come in from Vittorio Guimaraes and done very well this year, catching the side as well on occasion. Um, the, the fact he's drilled that defence to, to to such a high standard really shows what a good coach he is as well. Um, they made a lot of changes in summer, a lot of players came in, but that that base of, of Regis... Of, Average Gutner in goal as well has has remained you know pretty solid over the last three years and it's it's served them brilliantly. So um, Palacio deserves huge credit. So does the team, and um, hopefully in a similar way to when Angers got promoted and you know obviously they were a bit more sort of a bit more sort of headline making with their early season run. But hopefully they can they can follow you know the way that Angers have maintained their their league and status for a side with a small budget too. Great manager, astute signings from from more obscure places. Really solid, um, good midfielders on the ball. The occasional goal from from Musa Kanate. Hopefully they can keep Gael Katucci. He's only on on loan from from Hebei China. Fortunately, we did try and sign him, but it was an issue with a contract. Um, but yeah, Spalletti, hundred percent man of the year, and an unbelievable job, really. Yeah, really, really good. And like you mentioned, that defense at the moment, really, it's it's better than Monaco's. In fact, the only teams, yeah, the only teams. Oh, I suppose got PSG, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. So that's not done back, really. In fact, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, thank you for PSG for, for helping Ami and look even better because <laughs> it's only PSG at the top, then Montpellier on twenty nine. Nantes on 36 and Amiens on 37. So they're not even far off. Nantes, who had a really, 
really sturgid sort of first half of the season, especially in credit to them. But again, they face a Strasbourg side that are, are again getting an opportunity, really. I mean, we mentioned this almost every week at the moment, Adam, that every week Amiens seem to be facing a side that we feel like they can beat. They, there was Toulouse uh, back in March and the, they drew 2-2. Same with the Derby against Mets. That was 2-2. They had Angers a couple of weeks ago they drew 1-1 that they it was always going to be tough against Antetien but they only lost that one 1-0 in the last couple of moments really but thanks to Matteo Debussy but they, they were up against it really on that one but at the same time this is a massive game for them given that if other teams stop picking up points below them and they are a little bit closer than Caen they've got Nice, Rennes, Lyon and Nantes to finish the season which isn't the most exciting prospect, although maybe that that game at the end of the season should not be out of the firing line. That might be a chance for them to to maybe nick a win. But at the same time, a win here will be massive for them, putting them on 37 points and joining Amiens, really, and and probably giving themselves some safety. But at the same time, a loss here, uh, with the form that they've been in, I mean, they've not won since week 25 in February against Troyes. It, it, It puts them right in the mix of things, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I think I think it it definitely would. And, and given the state of their squad, it's not the biggest of squads to start with. But you look at the start of the number of injuries that are potting up. You know, Terrier got injured a couple of weeks ago. Hulu has been really important for them in midfield this season. Injured could miss could miss a number of games. Kenny Lala has been brilliant for them. Missed the last three injured with injury. Mangano is a who is a very important centre back for them, although a bit bit old now, but still an important player for them. Injured for a long time. De Costa's injured. Who you know they're they're probably the most the biggest goal threat. And it's just getting to the point where they're kind of scratching around a little bit and it feels like so that the quality that was keeping them afloat is, is slowly draining away a little bit, although they've got some good results, you know, acceptable results in the last few in the last few games. It's almost like they want to draw every game until the end of the season and that'll be enough to keep them up, um, which which it, it would, to be fair. But it's, it's getting to the point where it's, if, if they can't pick up that win and teams behind them in this final, you know, mad dash, which it often sort of develops into in the last five games, they start picking up points and they're going to get sucked in like Khan very, very quickly. And without those players that I mentioned, Lala, Hulu, Terrier, De Costa, they're, they're going to be, you know, it wouldn't be on their own responsibility and drop into that, that relegation playoff spot. Mm, yeah. And I, I fear for Strasbourg still a little bit, at least anyway, it still depends on, We've waited about five or six weeks for teams to start catching others up, but it's not really quite happened just yet. But I, I think Amiens get the win here and sneak over the line with a with a one nil win and, and ensure a, an, an excellent season turns into a fabulous one. Really, and what do you think, Adam? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, uh, Amiens uh, one nil as well. The, the the first game between these two teams wasn't many goals, but I, I can't try and remember. It was, it was an open game at least. I remember watching yeah, it and it was yeah. pretty end to end. But yeah, so show hopefully a good one as well. Yeah, let's hope so, at least anyway, because they're, they're both still uh, fighting it out there to some degree. I'm sure Amiens will want to make it almost mathematically impossible for them to go down. That will make them feel that little bit better, at least. Um, mm-hmm. On to uh, another game, finally, on, on Sunday between sides that are facing the Europa League instead of, obviously, the trapdoor. And that's Nice and Montpellier, who are only separated by a point. Nice currently occupying that sixth spot that if... PSG were to win the uh, Coupe de France, they would obviously enter the Europa League and, and Montpellier just below them. Uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for both sides, really. Adam. I mean, we mentioned that Nice, to start off with, sort of came from nowhere in the second half of the season. They had an awful start to the season. They didn't have the greatest of Februarys, but at the same time, they've slowly clawed their way back into contention. But at the same time, in the last couple of weeks, it's been two draws against Rennes and Angers, and they're slowly sort of 
again, it's it's a weird moment where quite a few teams are still bustled in there. You could even argue maybe even up to Dijon on, on 42 points that they're not a million miles away with five games still left to play. But at the same time, Nice are a side that have the quality really to put teams away. But they are to miss Bally and Mario Balotelli. He's out with injury for this game against the Montpellier side that are very, very stubborn at giving away goals. But at the same time, Nice have a man in Alassane Player, who scored eight goals in the last five games. He's in terrific form at the moment. Um, he's the key man in this one, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. As, as we mentioned on the previously, he's kind of the player that kind of sneaks under the radar. But if, if you don't watch Vigo in that much, he's really great, really great sort of character to keep an eye on and, and the way he goes about his business. And um, I, I think that, you know, injuries here as well are, is, is a bit of an issue for Nice with Balotelli and Cyprian have been injured in the last, last two games. I imagine Cyprian probably be back this week but is <clears throat> you're absolutely right they they do if they can keep all their players fit have the quality and, and players are a huge part of that and um, some fantastic performances in, in in recent games and you know Balotelli being out injured is almost sort of a blessing and perhaps he's been fantastic this year and it'll be a shame to see him go if he does go in the summer um but it's almost a blessing disguise because player doesn't doesn't always perform as as well with Balotelli in the team and you give him a little bit more responsibility he plays through the middle uh, on his own, and when he's in form, you know he can he can be really prol- prolific, as we've seen uh, on a number of occasions this season when he's you know he's managed to to find his form. So that could be huge for Nice going into going into this game, knowing that all right, Balotelli's out, but we've got Alisson player in in top form. Um, uh, Alisson Maxim as well is another another player that that I I think has been fantastic this season, and, and I actually caught up with the game that he played against Orangeair this morning, and he was he was very lively in in, in that encounter as well. So. It's 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 so close. It's brilliant. All right, PSG are so far ahead at the top with seventeen points clear. But you you when you've got sort of five teams between two points for two Europa League places, the t- race to seconds back on as well after Monaco last week. Four points there, and at the bottom as well, it's extremely close. Um, it's going to be extremely exciting into the season, and I think Nice are going to be a huge part of that. And I think you know they're probably favourites to finish fifth. They're the better side out of those five teams, and um, they've got the experience, and they've got the I could be the best manager as well. But um, it's going to be extremely close. Um, but you're absolutely right. I think they've got the quality to, to put teams away. And, and for them, from their point of view, hopefully that will tell in the last five games. Yeah, they they certainly, out of all those teams out there, have the have the best squad, the best resources really to to push that out. And and in all honesty, Montpellier at the start of the season are a team that we wouldn't have predicted have been out there. But they've had a really terrific season, really. And I know good solid second half of the season obviously it was a bit disappointing for them really to to lose 3-1 to a Bordeaux side that were sort of on the slide having given a great 0-0 draw and a great count themselves at the uh, Stade Velodrome the week beforehand at least um, it's an interesting one still they've got obviously got a great defence Adam but they they also can't really score enough goals for themselves. Hmm. 32 so far this season. It's the exact same as not. It's the same kind of issue for a lot of teams is scoring goals in the game. But at this stage of the season with the games they've got left as well, you've got Twire, they've got Ren, Nont, Saint-Etienne. They're all games against, except from hmm. obviously the one against Twire, against teams around them, especially games they need to win if they want to make Europa League spot. But have they got the goal scoring prowess to do that? Are they can they lean on that defense to get that kind of position high up in the table? Or do you think that some of the teams that they are facing, including Nice, or in fact, especially Nice, uh, might just have enough for them um, to stop them uh, achieving that goal? It's a, it's a very interesting question because it, it, it will determine whether Montpellier finish in the top six or not. And playing against teams that they're you know in direct competition with, as you mentioned, like Nike Montpellier, oh, sorry, like Nice, like Saint Etienne, like Nantes. 
um, like Ren, four of their last five games, it, that almost suits them the way that they play because given how tight that race is, you know, anything, you know, a, a point in, in some of the games is probably pretty acceptable. And a win would be huge in any of these really tight races and wins pretty massive. And the way Montpellier play, they can sit in, you know, they hit teams on the counter attack. Fantastic. They're extremely solid when they do that. Um, and the fact that, you know, three of those games are away from home, Nice, Nantes, Ren is also a bit of a blessing in disguise in that they won't be the team that's, you know, the onus on to attack. They can sit back and, and defend. We the, Last week, you really saw their limitations when they played Bordeaux. I, I really felt like, and the limitations of Dozakarian as well. Um, you know, a, a very astute coach, very defensively sound, but he, he, he hasn't ever shown really that he knows how to sort of cultivate an attacking outlook. From his from his players and they were really lackluster last week and they felt like you know they conceded an early goal as well and they had to be on the front foot then and they just had no ideas whatsoever they've really struggled to break what is a pretty average Bordeaux team down and they've really fallen off that new manager bounce since Gustavo Poyet took over and I expected them to get into that game and 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 they really came nowhere near it so um if, if, if the final five games were against bottom third, bottom half teams and they're at home and, you know, you expect them to win, I wouldn't fancy them at all. But this kind of plays into what players' hands a little bit in, in the final few games. And it, it, it just remains to be seen where they can maintain that form going into the, into those games. And you wouldn't you wouldn't bet against them. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Maybe that defensive thing will it will either go one way or the other, won't it? It'll either be enough because they're facing teams around them that their defensive base gives them enough to try and nick games 1-0. But at the same time, if they can't achieve that and they allow teams to score goals, they don't have the firepower to get back in games. And that's maybe at the higher end of the table the difficulty really if you were they were maybe fighting near the bottom that's exactly the kind of thing they want to be getting because they can nick points from that but at the same time if you're fighting to try and get wins it might not really be enough for them to get over the line they've had a, a terrific season they've got some great players it's, it's great to see players like Giovanni Sio um, get a sort of second lease of life at Montpellier. I think Scurry's had a great season. We've mentioned Roussillon a number of times. He'll get a big move. And Mukieli's made great strides and, and will be a big player for the future for them and, and possibly a real saleable asset in a year or so. Um, Hilton, uh, the titan that the 40-year-old really is, it's going to be a shame that he's, he, he might, he feels like that he's maybe got one more season in him, which would be nice, but um, he's got to be getting to his legs now at some point. I feel very sorry for him. At least I don't think I could be running around, even if I'm well, I'm 25. I can't imagine trying to run around as much as uh, he seems to be able to, at least anyway. Um, what do you think the score will be in this one? And then Adam? Um, I'm going to I'm gonna sort of back Montpellier and, and go nil-nil. Yeah, I, do I the think the usual thing. Yeah, yeah I, I think it might just be that case of of Montpellier trying to play a bit defensively in the second half. Someone like player just get, gets a little bit of breathing space and scores a goal, and then that maybe sinks um, Montpellier, especially with them playing away from home. So I, I, I'm going for a one nil win for Nice, and, and Montpellier maybe just this. It's been an excellent season for them. They'll be delighted that they were nowhere near the bottom more than anything. It sort of maybe just peters out into non. European football, which in fact will probably be better for them next season, really, more than anything. Um, that's all that we have for this week. My thanks to Adam and all of you listening at home. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, do join us for the main show on Monday. But for now, enjoy your weekend of football.